This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Trevor Lawbear, welcome to the show. It's been great to be here. It's great to start the new year. Now, before I ask you the question that I always ask my guests, who are you and what do you do? I got to thank you for, listen, let me give you some inside baseball behind the scenes. One of the questions I ask my guests is, if you have a challenging name like I do, Struchowski, spell it for me phonetically. And what Trevor did, he said, law bear, as in it's against the law to shoot a bear. I just thought that was so genius because now I can't, I'll never mispronounce your name. So (laughs) thank you for doing that. Because the name like Stuchowski, I really appreciate um, last names. So who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so uh, my name is Trevor Lauber. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, my current startup is called Day Optimizer. It's a web app and actually time management system that helps freelancers and entrepreneurs um, create a daily plan that reflects their priorities using guided workflows that are based on neuroscience principles. I love it. And by the way, I forgot to mention at the very beginning, this is episode 699 of the show. And why that's really important, Trevor, is I had this idea. I I released an episode on New Year's Day and I said, you know what? I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to release a brand new episode every single day in 2021. And so far, the streak is alive and well. We'll see if it's still alive in September. But so that's why I'm always doing the episode numbers, although the episode numbers don't really mean anything. So I love the fact that you have this day optimizer uh, and, you know, to do lists and put them on the schedule because I've had so many people that I've coached or, you know, talked to on social media and they're doing the right thing. They're putting all these things on the to do list. Two thumbs up. Great job. Unfortunately, Nothing happens and you add more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. So you're doing half the thing, uh, the half the process, I should say. Now, one of the things I have done is I'm actually going backwards. I'm actually gone back to a bullet journal because if you have to write the same task over and over and over again, you're going to say, okay, either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Okay. But with apps, it's real easy just to like move it to the next day, next day. So let's talk about your theory of to-do list because I know I've read enough about you that you believe what gets scheduled gets done. We need to take those tasks and put them on our calendar, which I think was the day optimizer is about. Because if you just keep them on the to-do list, well, you're going to have a big to-do list. It's probably going to look pretty, but nothing's going to get done. Yep. So I've got a couple of different things around just the task list. Yeah, you're right. That um, One is I do think it is useful to keep a master task list that just is your brain dump, Right. But I don't believe that you should be working from that master task list. Because if you go, if you look at that master task list, one, you're going to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And two, you could get distracted. So I'm a big fan of basically every day looking at your master task list, or maybe not even, it could be your monthly task list, kind of narrow it down and creating a daily commitment list. And this is the list of tasks that you're committing to doing today. And for the rest of the day, you only look at that commitment list. You don't look at your master task list at all or any other task list. That's what you're working from. And that will help you focus throughout your day. And it gives you a time in your day to go through this deliberate process to say, what are my priorities? How do my tasks align to those priorities? And to specifically pick things from that list. Um, so that's number one. The number two, second thing is I do also believe in what I call a task flow. So a lot of times uh, people, we can't, we can't get everything done in a single day. And so we have a task on our task list and 
we resist crossing it off because it's not done. And so we don't really get that dopamine hit, that sense of satisfaction. And if we look at our tests at the end of the day, we might go, well, we didn't really get anything done, but we actually did work on a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. So I've come up with this concept of done today versus done forever. So the idea is two different ways to mark off a test. So if you're doing this on paper, right? Um, If you scratch it off once, it's done today. If you scratch it off twice, it's done forever, which means the next day when you're creating your daily commitment list, go and copy over everything that you only had one scratch off or no scratch offs. So like you didn't start working on or you did it yesterday, but there's still more work to be done. Copy that over and ignore the ones done forever. But that creates this natural task flow, but still allows you to kind of get that sense of accomplishment. Your dopamine hits, it allows you to look at your list and see things crossed off, but still make progress. And and it also helps with that idea of time blocking where there's a lot of tasks that we need to work on, but we shouldn't let them dominate our day. So I need to be able to say, I'm going to work on this task for 15 minutes, a half an hour, try to make as much progress as I can. But if I don't, I still get to cross it off. It's still not done, still need to work on it tomorrow, but now it's time to move to the next thing. And that's what helps us keep momentum throughout our day. What's interesting is how, are you familiar with the bullet journal? I am. I know the general concept, but I haven't actually used it. So the bullet journal works somewhat simpler. So not simpler, simple. Um, they have these, when you have a, a to-do on the bullet journal, you put these uh, circles, okay? Yeah, yeah. And if you don't get it done, you don't cross it off. What you do is you put a right pointing arrow, which is migrating to the next day. So the way the bullet journal works is every task has either got to be X'd out, the, the dot gets X'd out, which means it's done. Yeah. Or... If it's going to be migrated to tomorrow, you actually put the migrating arrow. Or if you say, look, I'm not going to get this done for about a month, you migrate it to your future log. So the point is every task has to be addressed. You can't leave anything hanging out there. So when you plan your next day, nothing, you should look at your yesterday and go, okay, all this stuff's got to be accounted for. So that same, same concept, they just do a little bit different. I want to ask you about. Uh, you talked about, you know, you plan your day and I really believe you should plan your day. Uh, I think people who don't plan their days, you know, they, or they plan the real things. And what I mean by the real things is doctor's appointments, podcast interviews, coaching clients, but let's say you're going to work eight hours tomorrow and you have four hours already allocated. Then what are you going to do with the other four hours? What I look at is then at that point, I look at my task list and go, okay, and I think this we're on the same wavelength here. And I'm like, okay, I have four hours I need to fill. Let me look at my task list. Oh, I can knock this one out, knock this one out, knock this one out. Oh, this is going to take four days. I don't really want to start it tomorrow. And to fill those gaps. And I think you and I agree on that because if you don't put something on your schedule, then you're like, well, let me go on social media for air quotes here a little while and it's two hours later. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think if it's too easy to slip into procrastination uh, or distractions if you don't have that list. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I have to ask you is, you know, you're a productivity nerd. I'm a productivity nerd, but we have bad days just like everyone else. And absolutely. what I tell people, if you can, if you're not feeling it now, I'm not talking about coaching clients, not talking about podcast interviews, but let's say I have an afternoon set aside for content creation and now I'm not feeling it. I don't beat myself up. I just like, you know what? I'll take the dog for a walk. I'll see if that 20, 30 minute walk, let me see if that's going to get me. Usually it gets me 
flowing because now the blood's flowing and stuff like that. But if it doesn't, I'm okay with taking a half a day off if I'm not feeling it and showing up at 100% tomorrow. How do you handle it when, you know, you try a bunch of things, you're just not feeling it? Do you give yourself grace and say, look it, tomorrow's another day or do you push that rope? No, I, I would say I do the same thing. I, I've got two different things. One, I've got this concept of a jump start. So I'm very, uh, what I'll often teach is that it's people too often think that their current mood is going to stay. And energy will fluctuate throughout the day. And if your energy is low, it can be hard to gain new energy. But a lot of times it's the mood, right? So when people distract themselves, they'll dive super high into to social media, right? Well, that, that indicates that it's not an energy problem. It's a mood problem. You're not in the mood to do the work. So I do these things called jumpstarts or what are things to kind of transition into the mood. So the classic one is you want to go for a run. Well, half an hour before you go for a run, put on your exercise clothes. That will shift your mood into going for a run. If you want to like get started on writing an article, spend five minutes outlining Stop, do something else and come back. It will prime your system. There's the prime the pump technique for jumpstarting. And the goal isn't to do five minutes and then keep working. It's do five minutes, then create that buildup by going and emptying the dishwasher, taking the dog for a quick walk. You come back and you're like, now I'm raring to go. So I'll do those mood strategies, these jumpstarts to kind of change my mood. And then you're right. If that's not working, I'd much rather take the day off than trying to trudge through my day and be more effective tomorrow. Because if I try to trudge through my day, what's going to happen is that's going to bleed into tomorrow and make tomorrow not productive. So I'm looking at the bigger picture and saying, it's better for me to just go and do something else and reset to come back fresh tomorrow. Hey there, it's Mark, and I will coach you for less than $2 a day, plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. I love what you said about doing some housework because one of the most popular questions I've gotten in 2020 is, okay, I'm working from home now, but... I go in the kitchen to get some water and I see the dishes need to be washed or put away or the load of laundry needs put in. How do I handle this? I said, well, you put it on your schedule. If you put one hour to do housework at like one o'clock or 12 o'clock, whatever the case may be, and then you go to get a drink of water and you're like, oh, the dishes. Oh, wait a minute. It's on my schedule for one o'clock. That's how you solve it. It's so simple, but I know people sometimes they're in the forest, they can't see the trees. So just put this an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes on your schedule. That way you can tell yourself, look, it's still going to get done today, but not now. I have it on my schedule later. Sounds like you and I agree on that. Exactly. And I would go one step forward for the people who want to go a little bit more advanced than that. What I'll do is right before that's on my schedule, schedule a 15 minute block to load a problem into my head or do some strategic stuff. Ah, So when I go and do the dishes, because there's a common uh, uh, thing that we don't, we don't multitask well. And that's true if it's the same type of activity, but if you're doing a physical activity, you can think well. So you shouldn't be like reading a book while trying to like watch a TV show. Yes, absolutely (laughs) not. But you can empty the dishwasher while thinking about a business problem or doing strategic thinking. So what I'll do is I'll go in, bring a piece of paper and pen into the kitchen right before doing the dishes, go and load the problem into my brain and then sit there doing the dishes and just every once in a while, the idea pops on my head. Okay, let me take the note and the paper lets 
it get out of my head so I can move on to the next idea. And I'll come out of that that session doing the dishes with this whole piece of paper filled with different ideas. So I think it's great, especially for people who are struggling to schedule their strategic time, which they should be doing anyway. But if they're struggling, doing that during that housework is a really good time. You know, I read a book uh, by Jay Shetty called Think Like a Monk a couple months ago. And I always struggle with meditation. But he says you don't have to sit in the lotus position for 12 hours. If you take a shower, that's meditating because you can't do anything else. And then he said, if you go for a walk and a run, now I'm a daily runner. And I said, wait a minute. Every time I go for a run, I have my AirPods in. I'm listening to a podcast, music, or an audiobook. I'm like, what if I leave my headphones behind? Well, the same thing happened that you just talked about. When you're out and you don't have anything in your ears, all these ideas start percolating up. Now I love, I'm obsessed with going out for a walk with a dog or going on a run without anything plugged in my ears. Cause now all these ideas are coming up and I get back and I'm like, I'm furiously writing all the ideas I just had. So sometimes you're hundred percent. Sometimes the ideas working while you're doing like, you know, the think about loading, unloading the dishwasher, you know, where all the dishes go or putting the load of laundry. You don't have to think about, it. so you can be thinking about this problem. So that's, that's brilliant. Thank you for bringing that out in the show. Yeah. And one of the things um, I, I, I do the same thing is for when I'm working on problems, I will take a walk instead of running because I can't take notes while running. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> so it's it because so many ideas come through the head. And, and when you're running, sometimes it's like I'm trying to remember them all and, and I can only get so many ideas before my brain fills up. Whereas yeah. if I go for a walk, then suddenly it's just like an outpouring of ideas. I'll come back, you know, and I'll tell my girlfriend, like, I just figured something major out like it's amazing well sometimes it's the simplest ideas uh i do this thing every saturday uh, most saturdays i didn't do it on december 26th or january 2nd where i go live for an hour so i teach on some strategy for 15 to 20 minutes and i answer questions for 20 to 30 yeah. minutes and and i've been reading a lot of books and i'm thinking so when you sign up for the training you get added to my email list and, you know, you get the at the time of registration, three hours before, 15 minutes before and stuff like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. You shouldn't just dump these people onto your normal email list. You should put them in a funnel, a pipeline that actually yeah. educates them. And that idea came to me because I was out running. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, these people, they sign up for it and then they get added to my list. And like, well, why am I here? But if I give them value for I think I do seven emails over two weeks. So every other day they get value. It's, it's information yeah. that can help them. Now they're like, Oh, I really like this guy. But that idea came from out running, or I think it was walking the dog. It just popped in my head because I wasn't trying to read or watch a video or trying to create content. I was just out there walking my dog and pop the idea popped in my head. But I do agree with you. Sometimes the ideas come too quickly, but I go running. I'm a member of the 5am club. So I get up every day at five o'clock in the morning and I'm out running at five twelve. And not only am I running, but it's dark out, so I couldn't take notes anyways. But, you know, fortunately, <laughs> yeah. no no cancer-solving ideas have come up in that, that 30 minutes. Um, let me ask you about the Pomodoro technique. So the traditional Pomodoro technique is 25-5. Work fully focused for 25 minutes and then take yep. a five-minute break. What I do, and I actually have taken this to the extreme, and I actually do the 50-10 Pomodoro technique. So when I schedule my events, except for you know like interviews and content and um, coaching clients, I schedule them fifty minute increments. And my Apple Watch is set to go off from seven fifty a.m. to five fifty p.m. at fifty minutes past the hour. 
because we get stuck in front of a computer sitting down. That's my cue to get up, walk around, go through the ball in the backyard with the dog or do something to get the, the mind moving. That works for me. 50-10 works for me. Do you use the Pomodoro technique? And if you do, what, what version do you use? So um, I use some of the things from the Pomodoro technique and, it, and similar to you is where I'm alternating, right? Um, uh, one of the things I think that people forget about the Pomodoro technique, it's not just about the timing, but after every Pomodoro, you're supposed to be doing a check mark um, to create your dopamine hit, right? So if you're not actually creating a check mark, you don't get the dopamine hit from it. And then after four check marks, you take a longer break, right? I don't, I, I don't necessarily do that. I do schedule my stuff. I tend to work in 90 minute blocks, um, especially because I'm doing a lot of like, especially when I'm doing coding, when I'm doing marketing, it's easier to work in shorter blocks. And I do do more hour blocks, but when I'm coding, I do 90 minute blocks and then take a break. Wow. And the research says that you can work up to around 80 to a hundred, I think it's 110, 120 minutes, depending upon the person, which is our maximum amount of focus time before our energy needs to reset. Um, but I kind of, I do feel it's useful to have a rhythm. The rhythm is personal. You can use the 25 minute, five minute, like the Pomodoro, the strict Pomodoro technique. You can do 50, 10, you can do 90, 15, whatever it is. They're not going to come to your house and arrest you. Yeah, you should be taking breaks regularly throughout the day. And it is useful to think of your day in sprints and think of your day as a rhythm, which is what the Pomodoro technique gives you, is it gives you a daily rhythm. I saw a survey, I think it was a couple years ago in 2019, that said they they served a bunch of high performers, some really successful people, and they say the rhythm of these people is 52-17. Which you know it had to be a survey because no one's going to come up with fifty two seventeen by pulling out a hat. They did the research and they say fifty two minutes, so I'm working fifty, and they take a seventeen minute break. These are people are peak performers, and now it's not everybody. That's just what the survey found. Kind of like Family Food survey says it was fifty two seventeen. So I think that those numbers are very fascinating because they don't add up to an hour. It's a little more than an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's a little bit tricky with those. Whenever you're doing the surveys, is of course they average it. Yeah. So uh, that that 50 could be someone's working 20 minutes, someone's working 100 minutes nope. and averages out to <laughs> averages out to that 52. So I, I tend to like take those a little bit with the grain of salt, but it's useful to kind of see what is the um, the the midpoint around which things are centered. Right. Absolutely. So it's 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 not 10 minutes. It's not three hours, you know. Um, a related thing I will say, though, that I do do that is not quite the Pomodoro technique, but is related is I do pacing. And so I will set a timer on my iPhone for 15 minutes or I will do I use Brain FM. So I'll do a 30 minute um, session for Brain FM. And then at the end of 30 minutes, I don't stop working. I just reset it or my timer will go off and I've got this gentle ocean waves. So what it does is it creates awareness of time passing and gives me these intermediate sort of checkpoints within that Pomodoro sprint or whatever to say, where are you? Do you need to kind of like reconsider like your technique and, and change your approach because time is running out? You're, you're spending too much time on this thing. It just gives this kind of mindfulness to how I'm spending my time within that Pomodoro. So like, because I'm doing longer ones, I'm doing 90 minutes. If I do three half an hours or I have to do six, 15 minutes, it brings this awareness to that time, helps me work a little bit faster 
And so that's what I'll do is I'll do these pacing uh, methods. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. Interesting. Let me ask you about notifications. I am not a zero notifications guy. Um, I think there is a place for notifications, not social media, not email, not sports and news. I don't have sports and news on my phone anyways, but I think it's important to have weather apps. Uh, the calendar app is something that's really important to do's. Uh, what else do I have? A credit card debit card. I want to know if you're using my credit card, Trevor. Uh, I, I'm not where Trevor is. So I think those are important. So I think I have this thing called the notification cleanse. I think everyone needs to go through all your notifications on all their devices and turn out the ones that aren't serving them. In other words, they're a distraction. So what do, where do you come down? What are your thoughts on notifications? I think I'm very aligned with you. Is that um, I, I have critical notifications, but I try to keep notifications to a minimum. So yeah, my email, I have to manually refresh my email. I don't have automatic email pulls. Um, I don't have social media things. The only notifications I have are incoming texts, which are going to be some, from someone important because people don't text me regularly. I don't give it that number out. Um, yeah, credit card things. I absolutely want to know about those and I keep those on. S- same categories. Is um, I'm not a zero notification but I want to keep them to a minimum. Yeah, I, I think there's a place for notifications. Zero notifications, that's great. But, you know, what if you get an important text from someone? So, I mean, I can it, see it creates side. The zero notifications creates overhead because then you have to go and manually check those things that happen infrequently. Yeah. So like your credit card, a, a weird charge in your credit card, you want to know about it. Yes. But if you don't have notifications on, you're checking your credit card thing every day. That's a bad habit. Yeah. So um, the things that are happening infrequently that are important, you should have notifications for things that are happening frequently, like you're getting email constantly throughout the day. There is no need to get a notification about that. It's something that happens frequently and tends to be unimportant. Now, if you have a VIP client, you should be using the VIP uh, feature of your email client to get notifications only about VIP emails coming in. Yes. That I think it's OK. You know, but again, Look at the frequency and look at the importance. If it's happening rarely and then it, and it's important to have a notification, if it's happening frequently, don't because you can always check it. Yeah, I agree. And these people have their notifications on for social media, for Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and YouTube and Snapchat and all the ones coming in the future. I'm like, that's just crazy because what happens is most people don't disable vibration mode, which I do. So when my phone's muted, I don't know how I have a notification unless I look at the screen, but people, well, I mute my phone and every time you get a notification, bzz, bzz, and soon as that buzz goes, your brain goes, that's important. I got to, I got to look at that immediately. And then you're off the, your focus, you're off your project. Now you're, oh, it's just Susie had a baby, you know, and all of a sudden I'm unhappy for Susie and her baby. But the point is you could have looked at that when you're done with your, you know, 50 minutes, 25 minutes. You could have looked at it later. It's not that important. And that's why our notifications are a problem. So you gave us a lot to think about today, uh, Trevor. Before we wrap up the show and I ask you where we can find out more about you, I like to do this thing called mic swap. And what that means is I get to let you be the host of the Mark Strzeczewski podcast. You don't have to say my name. So you, you're, you're given some grace on that, but you can ask me any question you want. It can be about productivity. It can be about something else. 
um, keeps me sharp, uh, gets my audience to get me to answer questions. Just don't ask me my social security number and my credit card number. So ask me one or two questions that's on your heart, sir. Okay. So if you could live anyone else's life, and obviously we can't, but if you could, whose life would you live and why? Well, this... I'm a big fan of seasons, and I think seasons are not only a yearly thing. It could be a quarterly, a monthly thing. Right now, on January 5th, 2021, I really am following Robin Sharma, who wrote the 5 a.m. Club, which got me into being a 5 a.m.er, because he talks about how distractions, the addiction to distractions, are killing our productivity, are killing our creativity. And when he writes his book or he's doing his courses, he's really, let me see if I can say this right. He calls it monomaniacally focused. And a lot of people think they're monomaniacally, see, I can't say it again, monomaniacally <laughs> focused. But what happens is, ooh, I got a text message. Ooh, someone's at the door. Ooh, I'm hungry. And that's not being focused. Okay. When you're focused, you're focused on that one thing. So I'm really uh, his footsteps for the first part of 2021. I'm watching a video a day. I'm rereading his books because the way he has his life structured is what I want to do. I want to live that life where I can say, okay, now it's time for me to creative. I'm putting my phone on do not disturb more often now. So if like, if I read for 50 minutes for my 50 minute Pomodoro technique, I will put my phone on do not disturb. And there's only like four people to get through in this on D and D. Those are people that I need to know in the emergency, but I think people need to also harness their D and D a lot more than they do. But I would say Robin Sharma as the answer to a long winded answer. Excellent. Um, I'll do one other one. So what is one, uh, technique, concept, or belief um, about productivity that you teach that you people don't hear from other productivity experts. So, so many techniques are common to mm -hmm. to all all of the productivity experts. What's one that is unique to you? For me, I would have to say my O day exercise, which is going through the exercise of listing everything you do for two to four days. Mm -hmm. and then put it aside for a day. And then the next day you schedule 60 to 90 minutes and you go through your list and anything that can be outsourced, you put an O next to it. Anything could be delegated, a D automated, an A eliminated E. And then you actually, everybody does that part, but they don't do the next part. Then you actually outsource, delegate, automate, eliminate, <laughs> and you should have less to do. But the danger is you have all this extra space and I don't want you filled up with crap. Okay. I want you to leave that space for your needle moving activities. And what a lot of people do is they say, well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Facebook and then they get rid of Facebook and then they spend more time on YouTube. I don't want you to fill it with stuff like that. I want you to work on needle moving activities because as I research successful people, productive people, they spend 60 to 80% of their day on needle moving activities and they outsource, delegate, automate, eliminate everything else. A lot of people are doing things they shouldn't be doing. Like, for example, I don't like doing the behind the scenes things with the podcast. My yep. wife is furloughed from her job. So when we're done with this interview, I give everything to her and she does everything so I can go back to content creation. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't like to let go or control freeze. And it took me a while to let go. Um, but if I'm going to really focus on my clients and become a better person so I can serve them better, I got to let go of a lot of stuff. And so I would say the answer to your question is my O-Day method. Gotcha. Cool. Excellent. So 
So thank you so much for being a temporary host of the Mark Stachewski podcast. So the last question I asked for you, I know you have the day optimizer, but where can we go to find out more about you? Maybe it is to go to that website. By the way, I didn't know you code. You actually code it yourself. Yeah, I wrote the entire thing myself. Wow, yeah. that's I did not know that. That's amazing. So my hat's. I mean, you're he's wearing a hat right now, folks. Uh, so I I'm not wearing a hat, but I'm tipping my hat to you, Trevor. Good for you. So where can we go find out more about you? Um, so the first thing is day optimizer is at dayoptimizer.com. Um, and it's on day optimizer on all the socials except for Twitter, which is day optimizer app because couldn't get day optimizer. Oh, and you, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's an account that hasn't been used for like six years. So oh, don't hate that. <laughs> frustrating. Um, but, uh, and then of course my, uh, personal thing is fast fedora. So you can find me at fastfedora.com or oh, on Twitter. At fast hat. Okay. Explain well, the hat, not, yes. It's not a hat. Personal it's branding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that's very cool. Now, tell us about the 60 seconds or so. What is the Day Optimizer? So Day Optimizer is a web app. So it's available both on the desktop and on your mobile devices. You can install on your home screen. And it takes you through a, a process for planning your day. So it can you can either create a commitment list, a time bucket, or a daily schedule. So and these are three different ways to plan your day. And it walks you through this workflow that is optimized to kind of work with your brain and to avoid the biases you might have. So your first step is to list everything you're going to do today. Then you allocate time to all of those and then you schedule it. And you're doing it in three steps because it kind of optimizes how your brain works and prevents you from cheating yourself where you see, oh, I'm running out of time on my schedule. So I'm going to under allocate things. No, you're allocating everything before you even look at your schedule. Wow. So it's optimized to create an effective schedule and to then force you to reason about your day because what people do is they overschedule their day. Mm -hmm. And they get to that third step and they can't fit everything else. But once you put someone and say, here's your fixed amount of time, you now need to make the trade-off decisions because you've got this whole list of other things you committed to and allocated that aren't fitting in your schedule. So we have a feature where you uncommit and you say, okay, I, I thought I could do it in the beginning of the planning process. I can't anymore. And you're really trying to pare down and say, this is what's the most important in my day that I realistically can get done. So you actually have an effective plan. It's not just a, you know, a, a dream plan, what you'd like to get done. It's what you reasonably could get done. You still might not get it done. You know, and then and then we provide the tools to manage that in real time. So as you're going through the day, you're checking things off, done today, done forever, skip, snooze. And it actually figures out, oh, you still have five hours of effort left and it's two o'clock. So you're finishing your day at seven, you know, wow. and so you can manage your day in real time if you get distracted or you get off thing and say, OK, well, I'm going to need to skip these three things to stay on track to end the day when I want to. So it then provides a kind of real time management of your day. That's incredible. And that's a really key point about scheduling a day. A lot of I had a client ones who did a lot of draft. Um, I forget what they call draft, not drafts. They were like proposals or something like that. And they didn't know how long it took them to do it. And so when I finally got them the plan, they would say, well, it's not working. And I'm like, wait, how long is it taking you? And she goes, I don't know. So she went and timed it and it took her three hours. Well, you can't do three hours of work in one hour. So once she realized it took her three hours, then the plan works. So that's a really key component because if you're only going to work eight hours and you've got, you can't do 12 hours with the work effectively and correctly and efficiently in eight hours, and you probably couldn't be like really 
crap, but we don't want that. So really key important an important part there. So thank you so much for explaining that for us. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, sir. I really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, it was great to be on. Thank you so much and have a wonderful 2021. Hey, 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 don't leave this episode yet. I have a very important announcement for you. I want you to go to mrproductivity.com right now and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely for free. It's my gift to you. And while you're at mrproductivity.com, I want you to click on the tab that talks about my digital productivity coaching program. I call it DPC. This program is incredible and I'm super excited about it because one, via dedicated app, you get daily, yes, daily coaching and accountability prompts from me and the ability to ask me questions, short questions in the app. You get a live group coaching call every single, well, month with me. Third, you get access to a DPC members only community online, and it's not a Facebook group. And fourth, you get replays of all the group coaching calls and my Saturday morning trainings. Now, my Saturday morning trainings are free, but there's no replay. But DPC members get access to the training, to the replays, part of their membership. Now, what's this cost you? You may think thousands of dollars. No, it's $49 a month. That's less than $2 a day. So check out the digital productivity coaching program and grab the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs at my website, mrproductivity.com.